Hi, my name is Sam Thiday. I'm an ex-NRL rugby league player who played 29 games for Queensland, over 300 games for my club, the Brisbane Broncos, and 32 games for Australia. He gives it to Thiday. Thiday for the line. Thiday over. Across my whole career, I've had a lot of deep and meaningful conversations with my friends, teammates, and family. But the one conversation I haven't had is the one that's really important. It's the conversation that could literally save a life. It's the conversation around organ donation. In this six-part podcast series, I'm going to be sitting down with people who have received a life-saving organ donation. You don't know when it's going to be yourself or one of your family. Yeah. You know, and it can happen any time. It was intense because, like, at 11 years old, you don't think you're going to plan your own funeral. A surgeon hand-pumped my heart for a whole hour while I got hooked up to the life support machine. I'll also get the chance to sit down and talk to people who have made the decision to donate their loved one's organs to save someone's life. Just think she's such a giving person to be able to help someone else. How does it make you feel that Georgia could help so many people? It makes me feel really proud of her. Through this tragedy, her memory is still... Uh, is still out there living in people and uh, making their lives better. And she would have been happy with that. The idea, as simple as it is, is to have people have that conversation around organ donation. Let's meet today's guest. My next guest is someone who I've known for 15 years, uh, has been a huge part of my professional rugby league career, and he was a professional rugby league player himself. I knew that he had heart problems and had a big heart operation, but I didn't know to the extent. Most people idolize our sporting heroes, think that they're invincible, superheroes almost. Gavin Allen was one of those players. He won a premiership with the Brisbane Broncos. Gives it to Gavin Allen, back to Allen. Not just brilliant stuff from Alan Langer, but from Gavin Allen as well. They decided to run the ball on the last tackle. He played eight games for the Queensland Maroons. And a few years ago, in his early 50s, he had a heart transplant. Now, Gavin, or as I like to call you, bud, uh, I've known you for 15 years, mate. You been a long that time. Out. 2006. Well, bit, of, bit of quick mass, bit of takeaway, roughly 15 years. Over 2006, 15. mate, I first met you. It was 2006. That's yeah. Right. I was managing the Australian team. Yes. got picked to play for Australia. Yeah, and it was it was good to have you in camp, actually. That was a, a team that was kind of dominated by a lot of New South Wales guys that year. Yeah. Yeah. It's what they brought me in for, mate. Yeah. After you guys. Exactly. And I appreciate that, mate. Now, um, <clears throat> I had no idea way back then that uh, you had a, a heart condition at that point in time. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I, I didn't really keep it a secret. I just... Um, you just didn't tell anyone. Just didn't tell anyone. Yeah. You tell one person, it's not a secret. Yeah, it's so true. So, um, mate, I, um, I actually got diagnosed about 12 months after I finished playing. Okay. So um, I would have been 33 at the time. So um, it was, uh, yeah, it was just one night. I wasn't feeling real well. Um, Christine, my wife, said, look, why don't you um, go up and um, to the hospital and just get checked out? And so um, I just thought, oh, why not? Just went up and uh, they uh, 
told them a little bit of history about my family and, and obviously uh, my dad had a heart condition as well and ended up having a transplant. And uh, once I told them that, they didn't let me go anywhere. They t- did all the tests. I stayed in the hospital for a week. They did all my tests and found out that I had a condition called cardiomyopathy. And it's familiar, which is a ra- um, um, hereditary from my father. And so, uh, you know, that was the first time I'd, I'd, I'd heard of it. Uh, before that, Dad had already had his heart transplant. And uh, but you know I'm running around playing football and yeah. thinking there's anything wrong with me. So you I went through your whole professional career, um, and you had no idea at that point in time that you had, no. that you had this condition. No, none at all. And um, look, it was early stages, and I mean, Dad, his transplant was the number thirteen uh, transplant in Queensland, so we're, it was really early days yeah. um, for conditions, and he like he would have had days to live before they got a heart for him yeah it's been it's been a um pretty uh big learning curve for the family and obviously a lifestyle plays a big part in it you know uh and you know with medication when i when i first got diagnosed they actually just put me on medication uh and that worked really really well our condition was your heart muscle just uh, doesn't squeeze as hard as you as as you uh, the heart gets weaker, it doesn't squeeze as hard, so it doesn't push as much blood around your body. You know, like a normal heart, probably your heart, you know, be 60 to 70% as it squeezes, 60 to 70% of the blood would come out and, you know, obviously oxygenate your body. Uh, whereas with, with, with my heart, uh, I was at 22% when I got diagnosed. And when I got on the medication, the medication brought me up around about 30, 32, I think the highest I got. I had to really do everything right, you know, which is, you know, look after myself, no drinking, you know, get plenty of sleep, good, look after the diet, you know, exercise uh, without, without too much. So for me to feel good, I had to be what, 100% on my game yeah. all the time. Uh, if I did one of those things not quite right, I'd go a little, feel a little bit off. And that went on for about 20 years uh, or so. The medication was really good. And then, you know, it started wearing off a little bit. So 20 years on the medication, uh, and then what is the next stage? What's that next step? Well, the next step is basically you either um, you die or you get a heart transplant. Yeah. Um, look, and uh, there was a, a new wonder drug uh, that come out just like I was starting to decline fairly he- hectic, and they gave me that drug which gave me about probably another 18 months yeah would also because I was so my health was so poor it also started to wear off a bit that drug fairly yep. quickly and so the next stage then was to to go into transplant so they do a million tests I stayed in hospital for you know, a couple of weeks doing all the tests and that to make sure that I'm, I'm compatible and I'm going to be eligible for for a transplant now you sitting in hospital for two weeks I know how much you like to move you're a very busy man um, you like to be in control of your business how did you go sitting in hospital for two weeks oh, look it wasn't good um, but you know you just you just know what you got to do um, they're fairly organized up there at the, uh, Prince Charles Hospital and um, you know we just they had my phone I could you know I could still sort of manage things um, mostly from the from the um, 
from the hospital bed. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a it was tough. But again, um, you know, it was just one of the pro. You just had to go through the process. Um, and luckily enough, um, all the test results come back. They scan your body. They do every single test. Yeah, known to man, and uh, they come back with look, you're eligible. And um, so the next thing was to to um, put me on the list, waiting list. I think what this episode has shown, not just myself, but hopefully you listening as well, that you never know when you'll need a life-saving transplant. It's more important than ever to have a conversation about organ and tissue donation. Right now, this is going to sound crazy, but there's more than 80 people waiting on the heart transplant list. Their lives could be changed by your donation. It only takes a minute to register. Time starts now, so get on and register donatelife.gov.au forward slash register from that point in time you're on the waiting list Um, how long was it from that point to when you received your heart well the problem was um, by the time I went on to the waiting list my health had pretty deteriorated fairly (laughs) bad so um, I went up to the hospital and um, George Dugorski is, a, is the main guy up there at the hospital and um, I, I, I went up there and I, I had to stop, park my car and I stopped three times to get to the front counter um, because I was running out of breath and um, George saw me there and he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm not feeling good. He said, well, come with me. Anyway, um, he, he brought me in and he said, look, mate, we've got to get you... Looked sorted out with a with a heart transplant, but um, you know this could take up to twelve months, maybe more. Yeah. You know? So, because you've got to get the right match up for your your your, your size as well. You yeah. Know, got to do um, a lot's got to do with how tall you are. Your chest size, put, your your height. They can't put a small heart into a big man, or vice versa. Yeah. A big heart into. A, what was that uh, that that waiting period like for you? Because surely that's got to be. Um, you, know, you, 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 you really don't know if you're going to get an, an organ. You, your body's starting to fail you. How are you feeling at this point in time? Well, I was always pretty good. Um, I, I think I'm pretty level-headed that way, and I see things for you know most things for what they are. Um, and I and I realised that you know being anxious probably wasn't going to help things. Um, I just listened to the doctors, and I just I was happy to run through the process. Um, I spent three weeks in intensive care, just trying to get my body used to the medication, and because I was so weak when I went in, it was a really really tough gig. It took me three weeks to get down into the wards, and I spent probably three months or maybe more in the wards. You know, it, it wasn't easy. I yeah. tell you, it was tough uh, physically, but I mean, I think having that background in in sport and that discipline helped me um some days you didn't want to get out of out of bed or you know you, you but you just you know we, we you just had to do your exercise every day um and you know i got to a stage where i could come home and so i did that and that was a good really good milestone for me to get home after being at home for a while um you know uh, i got to a stage where i was walking every morning doing everything right 100 percent Right, and then um, I was able to go back to work. So. Yeah, ticked another box. <laughs> I used to always Ticking actually, out. I used to always look at you and, and like it was a bit of a joke going around, but you always used to have your walking shoes on 
Now I know and understand why. Because you had to get your walk in. You had to be active. You had to keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every morning, mate. Even even when you had the you had the nice suit on and stuff, you still had your your black Asics <laughs> on, walking around. <laughs> get a few donations from the boys uh, in the Origin Camp as well. It's a huge deal for you, but also, you know, you're very close, tight knit family. How was it for the family? Look, I suppose, um, yeah, no, it, it was tough. And Christina, um, you know, she was there every step of the way, um, coming up to the hospital at, you know, every night, and uh, the kids would come up when they can, when they could, you know, with with homework, and so she was coming and obviously seeing me and obviously running the house at the same time, mm. and you know, four kids, it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, I won't lie to you, mate. It was it, it's it's definitely strained. Um, it, it did strain our marriage. When you when you're not feeling well all the time, it's hard to be happy. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, so it's it's look, but you know every everything's good at the moment. So you know it's um, it's been a lot of water under the bridge. Um, and you know we've had a lot of other stuff happen through through our um, through the family and that, but you know we've uh, we've got a pretty strong bunch at the moment. You find out really um, what's important in life, yeah. and um, and family's right up there with the top of it, top yep. of the tree there, um, because you know pretty much you realise you know without your family, yeah, you, know, you probably got nothing nothing at all it's a hereditary um, heart condition that runs through your family mm. um, have you had the kids tested absolutely we've had all our kids tested and um, you know I think um, from 12 months old yep. um, they've all been tested all the way through um, and you know look we haven't um, we haven't gone uh, forward and disclosed um um, anything with the kids, yep. um, and you know when they're ready to know, we can you know we can obviously have that conversation with them. Uh, we've the doctors advised us, you know, just to let them go and live their life because how would you know? Like yeah. looking at them, you, you could never tell. Very active, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they've always played sport. They've always eaten well. They've looked after themselves, and you know. Um, and that's the best you can do, I suppose. Uh, and you know, we probably didn't really want to plant a seed in their yeah, heads know. either, thinking that oh, look, you know, I've got to be careful here and do this. Or what if I do this? But they can just go off, and that's what they've done. They've gone off, and they're living their life and enjoying themselves. And being a footy player, I'm a stats man, and four in five Australians support organ donation. But there are thirteen million Australians that are eligible and haven't. We need people from all different places, communities, cultures, because organ and tissue types need to match for transplants to work. So if you're from the same ethnic background, you are more likely to be a close match. It takes 60 seconds to register. And that 60 seconds could change someone's life. Donate life gov.au I didn't want to ever want people to feel sorry for me because I, I always felt 
up there that I was pretty lucky. I, I had a I had a chance. Um, how important is organ and tissue donation? Look, it's 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 everything, and it's look, um, you know, the heart's um, one part of it. You know, there's there's lungs, and obviously eyes, and you know, livers, and you know. Kidneys. kidneys, all sorts of things, yeah. you know. So tissue as well. All tissues. Yeah. Um, so, you know, without it, like, again, you, you, people can't see me because I'm on a podcast, obviously, but you can see I'm pretty healthy. Looking. You look pretty healthy. Yeah. Um, and because I do all the right things, yeah. you know, I walk every day, um, you know, do the right thing for the diet as well. And, um, and, you know, I wouldn't obviously be sitting here without it. Yeah. And um, and what it's done for me and my family, and, and it's given it, you know. Oh, you'll think about your kids well, yeah. through through that time. You always think about your um, your children and how they're going to get on, you know. And I'm not saying I'm the best father in the world, but um, you know, like no one's going to father those kids as good as me. Yeah. Um, and. That's because, um, you know, I was there. I was there the moment they opened their eyes. And so um, I know I'm better. How long has it been now since uh, you received your heart? It's been about three years now. Yeah. Mm. And how's life going for you? You're you're busier than ever at the moment. That's great. Yeah. No, it really is. I I get up... um, Quarter past four every morning, and we go for a walk. Um, I walk with a few of the old um, has-been Bronco players. Yeah. Um, you know, James Donnelly, Dallas Donnelly, and Terry Madison comes, Willie Kahn, he comes along. Um, uh, Elf's even come from time to time, although four, quarter past four, he's... He's just getting home. <laughs> it's too early for the big fella. Yeah. But uh, he'll come down sometimes because uh, he lives close by where we where we walk, so he'll come down and have a cup of coffee in the morning some some days. Um, so we've had, you know, Tony Curry come along, you know, we've had Mark Hone, you know, he's, he's been coming lately as well. So, um, you know, we've got a whole heap of the old stages there and... Um, yeah, they're all going good. Um, how important is it to have a team behind you? You've had a lot of support from your your wife, your kids, your family, your mm. footy mates. How important is that? Oh, look, it's everything. I mean, you know, you you, you spend a lot of time in reflection uh, when, especially when you you've got your back up against the wall and um, in hospital, and you know you don't know whether you're going to come out. Um, simple as that. And um, you do reflect a lot, and without people. You know, friends and people that you know, there, you know, and family around you. You've got nothing, mate. Yep. All the rest of it means nothing. You get, when you when you when it's all over, you, you can't take anything with you. Yeah, nothing at all. You just got to um, just do the right thing by people. Look after your family and your friends around you, and um, you know, and that's the best you can do in life. We've, uh, we've had some tough conversations. Um, I appreciate you coming here today and sharing your story, but probably the toughest conversation that we need to have is that conversation around organ and tissue donation. Why is that important for people to have that conversation with their, with their wives, their husbands, their partners, their kids, their family, their friends? Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons, and um, you know, one of them 
one of them was obviously you want to be able to help people. Um, but the, the other reason is, is you don't know when it's going to be either yourself or one of your family. Yeah. You know, and it can happen any time. Um, it really can. And, um, you know, and, you know, we're all in it together, aren't we? You know, and with, with your, you know, it's, it's just not, it's about, um, it's, it's something that you can do and it takes nothing to do it, you know, um, and, and you can just save, you can help and save so many lives and make lo- so many lives better from it. Um, and I just, I just find that um, there's no greater gift. That's it, the gift worth giving. Mm. In 2021, over 1,100 people received life-changing organ transplants. Right now, as you listen to this podcast, there is 1,750 people waiting on that organ donation list, just hoping their life will be changed for the better. So what do you need to do? You need to have a conversation with your family. It's the conversation about organ donation. And of course, they need you to register. DonateLife.gov.au I'm Sam Thiday and I will see you next time on A Gift Worth Giving.